Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Are you giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name? The because only difference is because there was a junior at the end and not a yes, senior. Yes, yes, and, okay. because, and because and because it's the, the, the fact is, Drew, point with Oh, my God. <laughs> I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was, I was upset, too, when they lost us with you because of the fact of what you Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your hosts, Michael Bish, Cody Stewart, and Drew Willingham. Hello everyone, we are live with another edition of the In or Out Sports Debate, episode 41 this evening, here with the four-wide edition, all-NASCAR edition, with returning guests, we have Cody Stewart and Michael Bish of said four-wide edition that we have for this evening of the four-wide podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. What's going on, my man? man. Good to be here, dude. Good to be here. Hey, anytime. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for for spending your Monday evening with me and uh, here to talk some NASCAR and especially on this platform here on the Inner Out Sports Debate. And, of course, you guys already know what's up. When we get started here on this show, we got to acknowledge the vault of fame. Acknowledge me. this show was so important and this is why i am personally validating and vouching for this show if if you are anybody in media sports professional wrestling anything you need to be on in or out sports debate with my man drew willingham that's right that's the vault of fame you guys we are in episode 41 this evening up next tomorrow, we have episode 42 with our guy Joe Diller Jr. of the Commonwealth Sports Talk here. The 8.30 on 8.30 edition tomorrow evening here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. You can check out the Inner Out Sports Debate on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch on these handles listed here, as well as the audio platforms listed here as well. Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Anchor.fm, and download on iTunes as well. Again, we are here for episode 41 with the guys from the Four Wide Podcast. My guys, Mike Bish and Cody Stewart, here for episode 41. Guys, I know y'all are ready to rock and roll here for this all NASCAR edition. Let's go ahead and take it into round one. Round one. And here with round one, Kurt Busch should consider retirement as a result of the recurring complications from the concussion he suffered at Pocono in July. And with that being said, before we answer that, let's go ahead and check out what happened with that accident. And you'd think that, that Kurt could go as... Oh, oh! Hey, 
That was a hard hit for that right rear quarter panel, and you see the damage that was coming to the green flag, and this is going to force everyone else on the track to come to pit road. Yeah, that's a big. Is that a big disadvantage yeah, for his back teammate? Yeah, square into the wall. Yeah, back to square into the wall. He's sitting about pit road entrance. That was a big hit by was, Kurt Busch. Yeah, we talked about how Sorry, important guys. it is to come to the green with a ton of speed. He chose to run the bottom. And a lot of drivers have been up in that resin in that second groove, and that was a interesting angle that he hit the wall backing into it. Big, big hit. Swung around and hit the front pretty hard as well. That hurts every time. It's just, you know, you, you have to, you have to push these cars to the very limit if you want to make lap time. And if you're going to do that, you're going to step over it sometimes. See the AMR safety crew out there and Kurt will climb into the safety vehicle, head to the infield care center, get checked out. And turn three has definitely. And again, with that being said, Kurt Busch should consider retirement as a result of the recurring complications from that accident, from that concussion he, he suffered in Pocono in July. How do you feel about this, Mike? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm in. Look, uh, Kurt Busch is obviously up there in age. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, he obviously is has not been able to return to competition. Uh, the big thing here for me is, you know, he's expected to be there at least through next year. So this kind of like question is kind of like it has its in and its outs because I do think he should consider retirement. But it's something that he's been kind of considering in general, especially after next year. Uh, if this question specifically retains to not returning to the car at all, I would be out. But just overall, as far as retirement, I'm in because, like I said, he's up there in age. These cars, um, although they can take a lot more brutal hits uh, or a lot, a lot, you know, they can uh, the body of the cars can, you know, take the hits as far as damage wise. But we've heard drivers say throughout the year that uh, these hits that don't look as hard, they are absolutely brutal. So uh, for me, I definitely think that he should contemplate retiring. Um, but I do want to see him at least come back to finish out this year. I don't want him to retire. I, I don't want this to be a sour note on, on him. And I don't want this to be the way that he goes out. So you think maybe he should do something like part-time like Mark Martin did like towards the latter part of his career? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I had my choice, I would want him to come back for a full season next year. Make it his last season. Kind of reminds me of what Dale Jr. did uh, when he suffered his concussions, came back for one more year. I would love for Kurt Busch to do that because he's came, he's come in and he's delivered what he was supposed to to 2311 and a lot more. You know, it's unfortunate that he uh, had to step out of the playoffs, which was a tremendous move by him, a, a tough move, I'm sure, as any competitor um, for any competitor. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. How about you, Cody? Are you in or out on this one? I'm, I'm in on this. To one of the points that that Mike brought up, Kurt is he's getting up there in age. He just turned forty four August fourth, 
And, you know, it's one of those things where just in general, your body, your mind, it, it just it doesn't bounce back as fast as when you were in your 20s. And just seeing that that hit, which don't get me wrong, the, the hit at uh, Pocono that causes concussion, it was it, it wasn't a a light tap, but we've seen worse hits that didn't result into to anything like this. So it just makes you question like, you know, hey, what what happens if he gets in, into another wreck? It doesn't even necessarily have to be during a race. It can be during qualifying again. It can be during practice. I mean, he's going to be putting himself in these predicaments week in and week out. And just just to to kind of look at a, another sport, football. We we know concussions happen all the time in football, right? But we see guys in football come back a lot faster than what Kurt Busch has. Kurt Busch is, I think this is what, his sixth race he's about to miss this uh, this week because of the concussion. I mean, that's a scary thing, you know? And like I said, the, your body's not going to bounce back like when you were in your 20s, maybe even your 30s. So it it, it sucks because I believe Kurt Busch is, is a very good driver. Nobody wants to see a driver end on this note. Like Mike brought up Dale Jr. You know, Dale Jr. had that concussion back in 2016. He decided, you know what, I'm going to come back one more year and that's it. Maybe Kurt Busch does that. But at the end of the day, you have to think about yourself. And if I'm Kurt Busch, as much as my pride is telling me I don't want to go out on this sour note, sometimes you got to listen to your body and your mind. You guys are absolutely right on this. I agree. I'm in on this as well. The points that you guys bring to the table, I, I can't, I can't argue against that. You know, when it comes to knowing what your body's telling you at this age, like you said, he just turned forty-four. You know, you know, a couple weeks ago, earlier this August. So, with that being said, he's he's up there as far as driver age for most guys that can start considering retirement or at least going on a part-time schedule. That's why I brought up the whole Mark Martin point because I believe he was like in his fifties when he finally started to do the whole part-time schedule, but. I don't think he was as beaten up as what this I don't I don't recall Mark Martin having an accident quite this severe, whether it's during a practice or during a race. Of course, he's been in some entanglements. Everybody has when it comes to the game of NASCAR and on that stage, everybody's been in some type of bumper bending situation at some point. But when it comes to this situation with Kurt Busch, he's. Not as established, but he's kind of like the Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, the second of NASCAR right now. He's been around since 2000. All right. So he's been racing for 22 years. Not quite as established. He does have one Daytona 500 victory in 2017. So not seven. And he's not going for eight like Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, the second does. However, when you look back onto the whole equation, the endurance to be able to be there for 20 some years, that's big. And like you guys said, like Dale Jr. did, he should start considering, like with all the complications he's having now, having an offseason to recover as well, come back next year, farewell tour, hang it up, you know, for season 23, go out on a high note. You're not the better Bush brother. You know, your brother's got your got your beat on that. You know, Kyle Bush being a little bit better of a driver, I'm just being nice by saying a little bit. But when it comes to all that, um, Kurt Bush, you definitely have made an impact on NASCAR in this millennium. You've done a great job. I'm not trying to take anything away from you, but it's time to start considering that, in my opinion. So with that, we do have some more topics to go through, and we go ahead and take it to round two. Round two. 
And here with round two, the recent long-term signing, re-signing of Joey Logano was bigger for Team Penske than the multi-year signing of Ryan Blaney. How do you guys feel about this? Let's start with Cody on this one. How do you feel about this, Cody? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm in. I think what a lot of people forget is Joey Lugano is only 32 years old. And it's kind of hard to believe because this was a guy that came in immediately when he was 18, 19 years old. He had that one year or so in the Xfinity series and immediately came up with Joe Gibbs racing, had a couple years there, didn't necessarily work out. Then he went over to Penske and that's when his career really took off. He won the championship back and I want to say it was 2017, I believe, but just looking at Penske and just looking at their driver's stable, Ryan Blaney is very consistent, and that, that's a great thing. But Joey Logano wins more. Joey Logano, I believe, in the time him and Blaney have been teammates, he's won probably close to 10 more races than Ryan Blaney has. Uh, Ryan Blaney, uh, outside of, I believe, it was either last year or the year before, outside of that, he's only won one time each season so he doesn't have multiple seasons where he has multiple victories so i just believe joey logano still 32 years old i mean some might say that he's actually still in his prime uh as far as age goes in the nascar i think penske understands that while blaney is the younger of them hopefully he's able to hit some resurgence in his his career and maybe he can duplicate what logano has done I think Penske understands Logano is that driver in that stable, and he needs to keep him around for a long time so he can continue to bring championships to that organization. I like it. I like it. How do you feel about this, Bish? Are you in or out on this as well? I'm in. You know, I, I agree with a lot of the points that, that Cody pointed out there. The biggest thing here for me um, is Joey Logano's age. I still think he is on the younger side. I do think, despite, you know, people saying that we see NASCAR drivers retire a little bit earlier than what we used to, I do think Joey Logano is still really kind of in his prime. I, I'm one of those people that believe that. I mean, Joey Logano, uh, we saw at Daytona, one of the most aggressive drivers still in the sport. Um, he's a champion. Cody, Cody, pointed, Cody pointed that out. Honestly, Honestly, I think Penske, this is just a win-win for them, right? You have Ryan Blaney, who is a very, very consistent driver year after year, especially this season, and he's young, 28 years old, and then you re-signed a guy that has won a championship, right? Um, a guy that can that is obviously a veteran in, in, in NASCAR that can help mold Ryan Blaney into possibly winning himself a championship. So the fact that you're able to sign these two in general, I think was a win-win for Penske. I mean, that that that's something that was huge for them. I just think it it you got to lean more towards Joey Logano because of the experience, because what he bring, because of what he brings to the team. He is a past champion. Um and for me, I, I, I do. I still think he's in his prime. I still think that he um can win multiple multiple races each season. Um and I think he's a threat to win the championship every year. So anytime that you can have that on your team and um be you know being able to keep that on your team and being still being able to keep uh ryan blaney there as well I, th I thought was huge so it's it could go either way i just think that they've done a very very well job job keeping both of these two on team penske 
Spot on. I agree with both of you as well. I'm in on this too. You guys brought up great points. Joey Logano only 32. Ryan Blaney 28. Uh, Ryan Blaney has a, you know, he was the rookie of the year in, for the truck series about 10 years ago, 2013, about nine years ago. Um, he's not yet as, as established as Joey Logano. Joey Logano won the Daytona 500 in 2015, um, 2018 um, points uh, champion. Uh, so he's definitely been around the block and has um, climbed the ladder, so to speak, a little bit more in NASCAR and the Cup Series than what Ryan Blaney has. Both of them are the future of NASCAR, at least for the next 10 years. Uh, I do. I definitely see Logano racing for the next 10 years. Stays healthy, um, and God forbid nothing happens to him like with what happened in round one with Kurt Busch. Um, don't wish that on anybody. Uh, but with, with that being said, stays healthy and you know everything works out for him. I can see him driving for another 10 years. And Blaney, of course, another 10 or 15 years he's only 28 so you got the future potentially at least the next decade the way these guys keep racing they're going to get you some championships in the next decade and it's going to work out for this team so not just logano but blaney was huge but definitely in my opinion i have to agree with you guys i would have to say that logano was the bigger signing of the two but i have to say this right they need to give us a little bit more of a um, – it's a little bit of a discrepancy, I feel, when it comes to this contract deal long-term. Can we find out yeah. what the years are like in other sports? Like, what is that, four- or five-year contract or a 24-year contract what they're trying to do with MLB or 14-year <laughs> contracts? But can we get some type of numerical figure on these contracts, NASCAR? Not long-term. Let's shape it up, not just for the fans, but just so we know, so we can report it a little bit better, if you there know you what go. I'm saying. Yeah. So, absolutely. But guys, with that being said, we do have some breaking news to cover here. That breaking news is this: this upcoming Sunday, a special edition. This Sunday at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Episode 43, following tomorrow's episode 42. This Sunday, eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Here. On the Legacy Maker Sports Network, followed the next day, another special volume six this time of the best of the inner out sports debate. Monday, September 5th, a week from today, episodes 26 and through 30, the best of those episodes at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern next Monday here on the inner out sports debate. With that said, guys, we have gone through two rounds so far. Let's go ahead and see what's shaking up here in round three. Round three. Here with round three, a little bit of combination of NASCAR and college athletics. NASCAR sponsoring the Alabama Crimson Tide Athletics will ensure that the program will continue to dominate for years to come as a result of funding. You know what? How do you guys feel about this when it comes to this topic right here? Let's start with you, Bish. Are you in or are you out on this one? I'm out. You're out on this one. I mean, look, there's there's no doubt about it. <laughs> what for the past what 10, 10 years at least, for long as I can remember, that Alabama Crimson Tide, especially in football, just have been dominating. Period. So, um, when it comes to NASCAR and Alabama, Alabama already has a lot of money. I'm not sure that they necessarily need NASCAR's help. Um, obviously it's going to help any, any type of funding that you can get to come into your school is going to help in some type of way. 
Um, and obviously with the recruitment changes and, you know, now, you know, players can be paid. I, I can see where that can kind of make a difference. But Alabama already has an established name. Um, I, I, I don't know how much this changes that. And I don't I don't know. I just don't see the fact that when I first saw it, actually, I was confused because I didn't know exactly what it meant. Um, so it's interesting. I'm interested to see what, like kind of where this goes and how the, how how this plays out. Obviously, you got Talladega in Alabama, but um, I don't know, man. I just I don't see I don't see the connection here as, as far as them being making this making them a dominant program. They're already a dominant program, and they will be in my opinion, as long as Nick Saban's there has nothing to do with NASCAR. So for me, that that's why I'm out. I just don't think it really has anything to do with it. Okay. How about you, Cody? Are you in or out on this? Me and Mike, we've been, we've been around each other too long, man. I'm, I'm out on this as well. So when you talk sponsorship, I understand when it comes to NASCAR, sponsorship is huge, right? You want to the, – these sponsors that come in to these organizations are able to help them, you know, put the engines and the chassis and the tires, get everything together for these race teams so they, they can go out every weekend and perform at a top level. But NASCAR is the one that is sponsoring Alabama. To Mike's point, Alabama, they, they've been the, the program in college football – not just in, in in you know college sports in general, just in college football. They're they're the most dominant team over the past ten to fifteen years. They have the money. They are, in my opinion, the thirty third NFL team uh, in the U.S. So if anything, I see it reverse. I see Alabama will be helping out NASCAR. Alabama, you know, if, if you talk about Alabama, if just bring up the word or the name Alabama. I guarantee you the first thing somebody's going to say, it's not going to be the state. It's going to be the college football program. They just have that stranglehold in the NCAA football division. And I just feel like NASCAR knows that. And they're going to be able to benefit off of that. This news comes out. Now everybody who's associated with Alabama, just your, your average college football fan in general, no matter who you like, they're going to see this news. Even if they don't like NASCAR, they're going to see this news. And who knows, maybe they're able to now, hey, I, you know, I'm going to check out this race that's happening this Sunday. I just feel like this is more beneficial for NASCAR than it is Alabama. It's the first time. It's the first time. I disagree with you guys. I'm in. So when it comes to this topic, all right, Nick Saban, the Bill Belichick of the NCAA. All right, if Bill Belichick was in NCAA football right now, or at least for the past 10, 12, 15 years. Okay, when you put all that in perspective, they have been winning. They're going to need more funding to keep that team afloat, or not just that, but other uh, st other sports within that college, within that uh, university. So, when you have to compete with like Ohio State and other big name colleges for who you're actually going to bring into that program when it comes to recruitment, you have to have the funding. They're going to, to my knowledge, unless I'm mistaken when it comes to this, 
it's not like a cap that they have when it comes to like the NFL or with others they don't really seem to have a cap when it comes to this. So the more funding they can get in for all of these sports in general to have enough to get recruitment for all sports of the college, I feel like it's huge. That's why I disagree. You guys have great takes and you know, you, you could definitely disagree with what I'm saying and fire back now, but that's just how I feel about it. I guess I'm just looking at it like this, right? Like, have we seen any, Anybody else try to sponsor or uh, another college? Like, do we have anybody trying to sponsor Ohio State, trying to sponsor USC, trying to sponsor Clemson? I just, I don't, I don't really feel like, I, I don't see the point. So I guess what I'm getting at is maybe Alabama is looking at it like, all right, we're going to try to start getting a leg up on, on people because of these NIL deals. Don't get me wrong. But even without this this sponsorship, they're going to continue to get the recruits because at the end of the day, I understand that there are going to be college kids that are going to want to take the money over the possibility of not winning. But Alabama can 99.99% guarantee, hey, you're going to the NFL, so you will 100% make your money. I think it's going to boil down to money and guarantees because if little Johnny gets hurt, he's going to need that guarantee. Well, I mean, like I signed this, I don't want to be screwed. I mean, there, there's got to, it's just like how they're working out guaranteed contracts and in professional sports. That's why I feel like when it comes to that and the inflation that we've seen over the past, like two years with everything that's gone on, money is more important now than anything in, in sports, especially collegiate sports, because kids out there are struggling and especially athletes are the ones that usually struggle the most because they have to, you know, they have to take care of themselves a lot different than the average college student. Oh, yeah, I mean it's it's no knock on on NASCAR at all, but I kind of said agreed and said the same thing with Cody is I think it's Alabama helping out NASCAR more when I first saw the headline. I really did. And that's no disrespect or shade to NASCAR. It's just Alabama is that prestige prestige college that honestly already has a lot of money. I can definitely see what you guys are saying. You guys, in comments from the fans will definitely acknowledge what we have now. But for you fans out there watching, definitely let us know what you think. Are you in or are you out on that topic as well? Let's go ahead and acknowledge the midway point of the show with the medial mayhem. <laughs> And here with the medial mayhem, the comments from the fans. Let's go ahead and acknowledge what we have so far. And our main commenter, our main contributor, the chosen one, hell yeah, NASCAR. He is definitely loving it. An all NASCAR edition here on the Inner Out Sports Debate. Chosen one also comes in with ouch. I guess he was talking about Kurt Bush's accident. Definitely, um, definitely hurts. He's definitely, you know, feeling it right now. Chosen one. Thanks for the obvious. That looks worse than it actually is. All right. Thank you for announcing the play-by-play of what's going on there, Chosen One. It looks like we've got someone from the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Drew, Cody, and Mike have a great show. Whoever you are from our team, thank you very much for the lone comment here in the middle comment of the show. Now, when it comes to the Chosen One, comes back in and says, Chase Elliott is the Tom Brady of NASCAR. I mean, it's obvious, right? Go ahead, my black, man. Him. black him. My black man, him. the chosen one. That, that doesn't even make sense. That's terrible. Yeah, like that's 
Hey, that's a, it's a little far-fetched there, my guy. I don't, I don't know about all that. Like, when it comes to NASCAR, Chosen One, I made this especially for someone like you for this episode. Just when you think you are victorious there, Chosen One, with your trollish comment, I will combat you with the NASCAR version of my comeback when it comes to that. And after that, you come back with Nick Saban. We'll win five straight now. <laughs> well, it's time to tell now, Chosen One. We'll, we'll have to see. But with that, until that happens... Bitch, are you for real? <laughs> and... Ain't nobody got time for that. Because sometimes you're like this with the grandma sitting in the rocking chair. Some good shit. Stay off the weed. (laughs) Please. For love of God, chosen one, just do it for all of us for this one time. I just want to say, that- I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with his first comment. I mean, the last, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Now it might, it might be a line of more the longer the lines of, you could probably say Jimmy Johnson, but you know, it's cool, it's cool. I guess he's, you know, it's cool. I'll take it though. I'll take it. <sighs> Let's take What's wrong, Cody? Forward. You good? Tragic, tragic. <laughs> Let's take this to round four. Round four. And here with round four, the by the numbers segment has returned. And with this being the NASCAR edition, we'll go with Curtis Turner is the greatest driver to ever wear the number 41 in NASCAR history. And uh, with that being said, Cody, how do you feel about that? Are you in or are you out on this? I am out. Drew, uh, you know what? I I feel like this is deja vu because I remember when I was on, I think it was episode 33. um, We we had that debate with Richard Petty and and Dale Earnhardt. And one of the first things that I, I brought up about Richard Petty was he was racing in a different era. He was racing in certain sanctioned races that they only had 15 cars in the field. And that's basically the same thing that we see with with Curtis Turner. When he was driving the 41, I believe it was from 1949 to 1957, something like that. You know, you had some races where there were only 14, 15 cars in the field. You had other races that might have had 35, 36 in the field. It was basically... Whoever showed up to the racetrack that week would race. As simple as that. Don't get me wrong. 12 wins, 20 top fives, 27 top tens. But I got to give the nod to the guy that we started the show off with. That's Mr. Kurt Busch. When he was with Stuart Haas Racing, he was driving that number 41. And look, 
he I get it. Curtis Turner has double the wins as, as Kurt Bush. Curtis had 12, Kurt had six. Still, Kurt's racing in a different era. The racing is harder. It's it's not just show up with whatever you have under the hood and compete. It's, hey, everybody's on an even playing field right now. It's kind of hard to really cheat. Not saying Curtis cheated back in the day. I'm just simply saying it's a lot easier to do whatever you had to do back then than what it is now. So I tip my hat off to Mr. Kurt Busch as the best driver of the 41. That's a that's a good uh, person to to uh, debate that with. How do you feel about that, Mike? Are you in or are you out on this as well? I'm out. <laughs> Drew, I want to ask you. Bring bring yourself back up on the screen. I got to ask you. Something. <laughs> is this is this a trick question? Did you do this on purpose? And I, I just have to know. Be honest. Just say yes or no. Did you do this on purpose? Absolutely. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I agree with everything Cody said, and I'm not going to rehash it because he's more intelligent than me at times. At times. All the time. At, at times. <laughs> but I don't like his answer. And the reason that I ask is this a setup is because a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to have to go with Richard Petty. It's simple as that. Richard Petty. I mean, we talk about the king. I, I disagree with you, Drew. I don't think he's the best NASCAR driver of all time. But I will give Richard Petty this as I think when he was driving the 41, he won six times and, and 22 starts in that 41 car. Wasn't in it that long, but I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him because if we're just talking about the best driver to ever drive the 41 car, has to be Richard Petty. Uh, you know what? You guys bring some compelling arguments. However, on this one, I you gotta be disagree kidding. again. I mean, yeah. Actually, I'll actually leave you guys up here while I defend this one. Kurt Busch definitely did race in a harder era. I'll give you that, Cody. You definitely bring some good points with that, with, with, uh, with Kurt Busch. However, the biggest things that I come to the plate with this, because he hasn't been elected to the Hall of Fame yet, so that's one, Curtis Turner has a Hall of Fame induction for one. Two, if it wasn't for Curtis Turner, which I know at the beginning when I said the round four, Fish was like, who? Didn't know who this was. Was like, who? Well, I'll tell you who Curtis Turner is, my man. Curtis Turner is the one who secured the financing and built Charlotte Motor Speedway in 1960 before being forced out by his business partners and being, being blackballed by NASCAR and being banned for four years. What other badass do you know that gets banned for four or five years and then comes back to NASCAR and then wins races and is still dominant up until his untimely death, you know, to, well, his last race was 1968 and had a plane crash. He could have been racing a little bit longer if he really wanted to and secured some more financing. Maybe not, but the point is, is that he still was a big pioneer for NASCAR, went head-to-head -head with the man, did that, lost, but still came back after he got the, the track, and that's where NASCAR ended up racing at, you know, at the end of the day at Charlotte. So it all worked out. It was still a big part of NASCAR. I don't recall Kurt Busch being that impactful to NASCAR, like a one Thomas Edward Patrick Brady II. Do you recall Richard Petty being that impactful, i got to ask? 
I do, but that's that's a different discussion. Drew, Drew, can, can you go can back I say to that? I'll actually, I'll actually bring your point up to this real quick when it comes to that. He only had six times. He won six times in 22 starts, and he had 14 top fives and 16 top tens. When it comes to Curtis Turner, he did have six more wins, but 20 top fives in 72 starts. He had more starts, uh, and he was that impactful in the 41 car, not Drew. 43, but 41. I would like to say something, and this this is uh, towards Mike's answer of, of Richard Petty. Okay. I don't even understand how how we allowed this. Okay. I mean, Richard, <laughs> Richard didn't even have enough starts to be considered that. Was Richard was Richard Petty the, the better driver out of everybody that we said? Sure, but his success came in the 43. Let me point out something. Oh, my. Michael Jordan had his jersey stolen before a game one time. Not many know this. He obviously he wore 23. He wore number 45. But the the night that his jersey was stolen, they had to find this jersey. Didn't even have his name on the back. It was number 12. Okay. Is Michael Jordan the best to ever wear number 12 because he did it that one game? <laughs> Highly doubt that. Okay. So I'm just saying Richard Petty didn't have enough starts in that 41 to be considered the best ever I mean, to drive it. Drew, I, I need you to bring up the in and out like bylaws. I got to see what the bylaws <laughs> is for this conversation. You, I'm just answering the question. Now, you know, on the, on the bigger scale, you're probably right. <laughs> but but I, I'm just saying, honestly, honestly, I really did thought I really did think it was a trick question by Drew because I feel like nobody ever picks Richard Petty when he brings up this conversation on the in and out. He's always defending Richard Petty, and I thought he was gonna be like, that "I'm gonna true. get these fellas. That I'm gonna get them." I got to show y'all that I'm not just a straight homer for him when it comes to NASCAR. I got to mix it up. And for that, I at least brought the energy when it came to this round four. But with that being said, let's keep it going and take it into the final round. And I saved this one for last. And we were talking about this before we even went live. The four-race suspension handed down by NASCAR to Rick Ware Racing's number 51 was too severe of a penalty. How do you guys feel about this when it comes to this? We'll start with you, Mike. Are you in or are you out on this? Uh, and sorry, I was on mute. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I just think NASCAR can be a little bit overboard sometimes when it comes with the penalties. Like there's a lot of penalties that I don't, I don't agree with, you know, throughout the sport. I know, uh, in a sense, they're trying to do it. Most of the time they're doing it for safety reasons. So you don't make that mistake again. But, um, Honestly, this is such a weird question because um, I know Drew's going to go off on this, so I'm not going to take up too much time here. Uh, the cars aren't very, very good. So in the in the grand scheme of things, does it even really matter? Um, but what I, I think it's a bigger conversation when you break it down and, and you talk about the the rule, the suspensions that NASCAR hands down. Like, I, like one that sticks out to me is like if if a tire goes out of out of the pit box now i know it's dangerous and it's a safety issue but you lose your crew chief for a, what is it three races one race out I, I don't know i don't even know what it is i just don't think you should even lose your crew chief for one race for that i mean that's just me personally i know it's for safety reasons 
But I just think NASCAR sometimes is just a little bit overboard with the with the suspensions in general. How about you, Cody? Are you in or are you out on this one? I am out. So the the penalty or, or the reason for the penalty is because uh, some I think you pronounce it ballast or uh, some call it tungsten. Uh, what that is is basically NASCAR or the 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 cars in NASCAR they need to meet a minimum weight. Sometimes these cars, based off of how they trim them out, they don't meet that minimum weight when they go through the uh, post race or I'm sorry the pre race inspection. So they add this tungsten or ballast to the car to add weight to it to to get it to where it needs to go so what happened and i think it was qualifying at uh i think the watkins Glen, i believe or um it was practice some of this shot out of the car uh, on cody ware's team and it actually went near a lot of photographers where if a photographer would have got hit with this stuff, I mean, they could have gotten very hurt. So just knowing that, knowing that this is stuff that they add to the car to add weight to it, you can put it in a lot of different areas. So I would think that you would know, Hey, we're going to put it in this area of the car or that area of the car. So that it actually stays in there and it doesn't come out. Obviously they failed to do that. I feel like the penalty might should be even more just based off of what almost happened. Like I said, if a photographer or somebody in the media would have got hit, they could have gotten critically injured or maybe even worse. And that would have just been a huge issue for NASCAR. So them laying down the law like they are and basically saying, look, y'all need to get this together or it's going to be even more penalties. I think that's going to help the garage area understand like, look, we, we need to do a better job of this so nobody gets hurt. I agree with this, too. I'm out on this as well. Uh, this team should have known better. Uh, Rick Ware Racing, you've been around since 1994, so that's nearly 30 years you've been in operation. You as a driver, not all that great, but you have definitely fielded some teams over the last decade when it comes to your team. Um, most notably, when it comes to this 51 team, is your son. Uh, not representing the name Cody well from my guy here, Cody Stewart, who's here on the show tonight, um, who's definitely much better than this guy, Cody Ware, uh, races at NASCAR. 73 races run over six years. One top 10 for one Cody Ware. Consistently seeming to get tangled up with things. And with that, I definitely want to take a second and show this video that I have. Um, of all three Rick Ware racing teams getting in an entanglement at one time last year. The 20 didn't, also the 19. Oh, and this crash, Rick. Rick coming out of turn four, and so now the caution has come out. He's a little bit out of shape. Yep. Down the racetrack in front of his teammates. Joey Gase up the racetrack. It's Cody in the fence. Just an unfortunate series of accidents there for... All three of those Rick Ware racing cars. They're right in front of his teammates. Nowhere for them to go. And with that being said, you also have to look at this reenactment of how <laughs> Kyle Busch even feels about 
Cody Ware. What happened out there with Cody Ware? Oh, you know, Rick Ware just taking my life into his hands again. Pretty sure their spotter fell the hell to sleep. And he's got his bumblefuck son out there running five hours off the pace. It's not enough he brake checks me in the corner. The dumb bastard then loops himself on some invisible oil. Do you think Cody Ware could be champion one day? Fuck you. If Koala Bears suddenly gain the ability to sing show tunes, sure. Rick Ware doesn't only make slow cars. He makes slow drivers. And that is how the reenactment of that actor feels of Rick Ware and this team. Rick Ware raced one race in his Cup Series career, 1990, and he was he didn't even finish anywhere really of in the top, you know, 10 or 20 at all it shows up here when you actually research him. But when you put your son in there, he reminds me of like today's modern era Kyle Petty. And then this piece of ballast Yikes. flies Yikes. off the car. It's an endangerment to the fans, just like his style of racing is an endangerment to our viewing and our vision when it comes to being NASCAR fans. I don't want to see Cody Ware keep driving. He's bad luck for this team. For someone who likes baseball and is superstitious about things, he's the reason why that piece flew off the mm. car and they got suspended. I mean, for my sake, can can his son change his name to Corey or something so I don't have to live with this? You know I what I'm saying? So. I mean, like, come on, bro. Put some respect on the Cody name. Please, please do it because <laughs> this is this is not helping us out when it comes to this final round that we have on the <sighs> show. Before we get too much further, we do have to acknowledge something, and that is the Vault of Fame. Acknowledge me. That's right. We have the Vault of Fame that we went over at the beginning of the show, but now we have to acknowledge that they are being inducted here for the second time. Cody and Mike are now as two-time Vault of Fame inductees here with episode 41. They rejoin us here for the Inner Out Sports Debate Vault of Fame. Don't forget, up next tomorrow for episode 42, we have Joe Diller Jr. coming back for the 8.30 at 8.30 edition here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Next week, as announced earlier, we have episode 43 next Sunday with Joseph Raymond coming back for next Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern for the best of the Inner Out Sports Debate, volume 6 with episodes 26 through 30. Again, you can check this out on Mondays and Tuesdays on all Legacy Maker Sports Network platforms, as well as these Inner Out Sports Debate handles listed below on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch, as well as the audio platforms on Apple and Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Prime, and you can also list on Anchor.fm, as well as download on iTunes. I am here with the four wide podcast guys here to discuss NASCAR, and we do have a little bit more left to go over. With that being said, let's go ahead and take this into the final word. And out of everything we've discussed on this show when it comes to all the NASCAR topics or just anything in NASCAR in general, what is on your mind? I'll go ahead and let you start this off, Cody. Go ahead and let us know how you're feeling. 
Hey, I'm just I'm super excited for this NASCAR season. We're about to jump into the playoffs. And I believe that this was one of the best regular seasons that we've seen in NASCAR history. Just the amount of winners that we had this year, the chaos and everything that ensued at Daytona yesterday, the last race uh, before the playoffs started. Um, it's just an exciting time to, to be a fan of NASCAR, just seeing all these top drivers in the world perform week in and week out and just putting on a show. Uh, I'm just absolutely loving it and just hope that the playoffs are just as good as what the, the regular season was. That was great. How do you feel about this bitch when it comes to the final word? What's your take on it when it comes to all things NASCAR? I'm just excited for the playoffs as well. Um, you know, just to kind of reiterate what Cody said, it's hard to, um, you know, go anywhere else because we've had such an exciting season. The biggest thing for me is just how competitive it's been this season. Um, obviously, that a lot of that goes into this new gen car that uh, all the drivers were kind of introduced to this year. So um, it's kind of made the teams even. And now that we're getting into the playoffs, and you know, when we got to the back half, going into the back half of the season. Um, we're start, you know, we're starting to see drivers, certain drivers get stronger. Um, you know, Chase Elliott's been strong pretty much all year. Cal Larson, we're starting to see, you know, get, you know, get, uh, get some speed under, under his belt. Uh, same with Ross Chastain has been fast all season. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, um, seeing what drivers stick out. Um, you know, I know me and Cody have our show Wednesday and we're doing, um, you know, our playoff predictions. And I do have a driver that was, it's kind of a little bit unexpected to go to the final four, um, but shouldn't really be too much of a shock in general, just for the re main reason that we've seen a lot of cars be super competitive um, throughout the season. So um, I really hope that's the case. I, I wouldn't mind seeing drivers that we're not used to seeing, um, you know, in that round of eight round, you know, going in and then especially going into Phoenix. So uh, very exciting going into the playoffs. And uh, I can't wait kicking off at Darlington next week. You know, with, with the playoffs being around the corner, I'm definitely excited about that too. But I definitely want to go back to the Kurt Busch um, topic, you know, for a second and circle back to that with, with my final word and just say, you know, I hope that he makes a full recovery. And, and with everything we talked about when it comes to his accomplishments and, and what he's done since the year 2000, I mean, he definitely has been pretty impactful when it comes to the, the sport of NASCAR. And I hope that, like you guys were saying, like we were all saying with that round one, that he does get a chance to come back and kind of have that farewell victory lap, you know, throughout the whole season um, and, and be a little bit competitive. He made the playoffs this season. That's a sad thing was he would have been in contention and he's been out for the last month and a half, it seems like. And he was still locked in the playoffs. So who knows what could have happened? Um, he could have uh, maybe not potentially won it, but caused trouble for the other drivers who are going to be in the top five and potentially win this thing. So it definitely shakes things up when he, you have to sit out enter the next man up and things work out the way they do when it comes to um, how the, the point standings and everything work out with NASCAR and how the field is set now after um, this past weekend. Um, we do have a couple of comments to acknowledge here at the end with the mayhem culmination. Let's go ahead and take that in and see what these final comments are to end the show. <laughs> The chosen one is back. Um, My man. I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. 
Rick Ware is the Jerry Jones of NASCAR. I mean, Jerry Jones has three Super Bowls. Rick Ware does yeah. not have a championship whatsoever. Rick it's Ware what? is the Daniel Snyder of NASCAR. How about that? Damn, sorry, yeah. Drew. When it comes to, yeah, I, I know. I want new ownership there, too, <laughs> man. It would definitely change a lot over there, but I got to go with this first. Whoa. <laughs> a little bit of this. Damn. A lot of this. <laughs> and you have now earned the first segment from The Rock. Jabroni. And The Rock says this, Big Show. Did The Rock call you a jabroni? You're damn right he did. He called 20 others a jabroni as well. Shut your mouth and look at The Rock. Read The Rock's lips. Jabroni. J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter how you spell jabroni. Absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just like your next comment. Bring back Hef Gordon. I yeah. guess you're talking about Jeff Gordon. Hugh Hef Gordon. Let me can I, can I can I ask y'all something real quick? What's that? I need, I need y'all's honest outside of NASCAR sports opinion. Okay. okay. Would you go Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson this year, fantasy wise? Aaron Rodgers is the reigning two time back to back MVP. Of course, I'll you just, go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just asking. There's a lot of speed in Denver. I got 25 seconds. They so. haven't proved it. Yet, Rogers has an easier schedule. Who? Russell Wilson against the AFC West six times out the year. That's gonna be tough. Drew, I just I can't go against Aaron Rodgers, man. Back to back MVP. You do lose Devontae Adams, but you still are the top quarterback of the league. If you have that option, and depending on where it is in the draft that you're drafting, and what round is it? And Ross well, gets hurt. Well, it's uh, it's only the fifth round, but quarterback this league quarterbacks are just yeah. flying off the shelf. So yeah, get Aaron Rodgers while you still can, in my opinion, when it comes to that. All right, thanks, but guys. not Hef Gordon, <laughs> not Hef Gordon. Yeah, Hef Gordon. Yeah, you know man. who? You know what that reminds me of? Y'all ever seen the movie um, with Bernie Mac in it? Um, it's a lot of them. Yeah, it's the one with Ash, Ashton Kutcher in it. Oh, um, uh. When we're married, the I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, and Ashton Kutcher acts like he's a NASCAR fan. He says Jay Gordon. Remind, that's what it yeah. reminds me of. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I drove for Jay Gordon. Bernie was like, <laughs> Bernie Mac was like, oh, Jay Gordon, huh? And then he goes down to the basement and see like Bernie Mac's a huge Jeff Gordon fan. Like, oh, <laughs> and he's like, oh shit! Like he was trying to impress him, and he's like, oh shit! But Hef Gordon, that's a good one. Didn't even keep the J in there. Just went. With the H. Just straight went straight to the H, just like you went straight to challenging us to a trios tag team match. I guess my guy's been watching the AEW for that. I got this for you from The Rock. And The Rock is going to make it very simple. No convoluted plans. No twists, no turns, no plots. And it goes like this. Here's the WWF tag team title. Here's the door. Here's the ceiling. Here's the floor. Here's a man with no testicles. And here's The Rock. And here's the people's eyebrow, here's the people's elbow, and here's the rock's boot. Which means he's got to take it and whip both your candy all over Charlotte. 
chosen one, you cannot win. The three of us will take you down when it comes to that. My guys will help me win the match. Oh, so you do rely on help. But let's go back to what you really need to help with from right now. Some good shit. Stay off the weed. <laughs> oh, you come now with one. Dude, I, I don't understand where you get your trolling energy from there, Chosen One. Where it even comes from. Oh, he fires back. With, this is the last one I'm acknowledging. This is the last one in real time. Me, HBK, and Triple H with this hoe will take y'all out. Damn. He had well, to come at Stephanie like that. <laughs> he didn't have to, but The Rock did. You think you're really special because you've cashed in on the services of one Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. A $2, no, 50 cent, no. Buy two, get one free. Does anybody have change for a nickel? Credit. What? Change for a nickel? You remember from past episode, and that's why I saved the chosen one. I kept it in the arsenal because you had to bring her up again. And for that, you get one more troll wreck. Sum it all up, Chosen One. At the end of the day, this is how people really feel about what you're telling us. Ain't nobody got time for that. Thank you, Chosen One, for the entertainment, I guess, for being here on this NASCAR edition with us here for episode 41. But with that, guys, we've come to conclusion for all five rounds. We've gone over our final word. We've only got one last thing to do, and that is check out one badass outro. For Cody Stewart and Michael Bish, thank you guys again for joining me here for episode 41. Episode 42 tomorrow night. Check this outro out. Guys, take care out there in these streets. Mm -hmm.